you recognize that your will can't force something into form. You recognize that there is an ever-present energy of love and power and magnitude within you, around you, supporting you. And when you give it over to that, then way more than what you could possibly imagine will come into form. You've gotten great at divine working, but what about divine living? Welcome to the Divine Living Podcast. I'm your host, Gina DeVee. You're not alone in wanting more. And here at the Divine Living Podcast, you can expect to be part of conversations from women like us who unapologetically dream big and are obsessed with manifesting our most fabulous lives. The conversation starts now. What's up, queens? I am so delighted to bring to you today on the Divine Living Podcast one of the biggest names in spiritual growth and personal development. It's Gabby Bernstein, being a New York Times bestselling author of eight books, including The Universe Has Your Back. Gabby has established herself as a trailblazer in the world of spiritual entrepreneurship. She's been listed in Oprah's Super Soul 100, co-hosted Deepak Chopra's Guinness World Record for the largest group meditation, named by Forbes as one of the top 20 best branded women and recognized in the New York Times as a new role model. If these profound stages haven't accredited the power of Gabby's work already, she's also been honored for her profound speaking events and lectures at Google, TEDx Women, Oprah's Super Soul Sessions, the Chopra Center, the Omega Institute, and the list goes on and on. And I could go on and on forever about the global impact of Gabby's heart-based mission, but I want you to be able to listen to this episode and see for yourself. Enjoy. Gabby, it is so great to have you here. Thanks for coming on. It's been a hot minute since we've connected personally, so I'm really looking forward to this time. It's been a long time, Gina. Mm -hmm. I have this vision of me in, and it's very weird because I don't have the best memory, but I have this vision of me in like a hot pink shirt and high-waisted jeans. Maybe I'm making this up, but it's like with you at an event that you were hosting in New York Oh, that one, right. A million years ago, I had long, long ass hair. Uh-huh. And I was a lot younger. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember you like, I, I remember that you coming in and like, Glenn yelled at you and said, he's like, Bernstein, you're up next or something like that. Yeah, we were, we were all a lot younger then. I think before we dive in, speaking of being a little older and a little more mature, Let's start with a prayer, shall we? Just I think everybody listening is like busy and has so much going on and so much flutter. You want to just lead us in a prayer and love that. That would be beautiful. Uh, but I'll even take it another step. I'll put I my head this deck in front of me. I'll pull it from my new deck. Um, oh, that's gorgeous. It's so pretty. I'll send you one when we Yes, have. yes, yes. It's beautiful. Okay. It's coming out any minute. So it's the spirit junkie deck. Let me pull a card. All right, and then I'll, I'll riff a prayer on the card that I pull. Let's see what we got here. Okay. This is crazy, Gina. <laughs> this is the only fucking card I pull. It's the only card I ever pull. Every single time. I'm not kidding. <laughs> Beautiful and it's perfect. Absolutely gorgeous. So yeah, so today I consciously choose to think loving thoughts, take compassionate actions, and bring forth peaceful energy. So let's let's pray on that. So let's close our eyes for a moment. Place your hand on your heart and your other hand on your belly. 
and just take a moment to tune into conscious choice. Today, I consciously choose to think loving thoughts. I consciously choose, choose to take compassionate actions. And I consciously choose to bring forth peaceful energy in the world. Breathe that in and allow that to mean whatever it means to you. And let's set the intention for this podcast to be a reminder that we have the conscious choice in any moment to realign with the wisdom of love within us. Mm. Just take a deep breath and let that go. And when you're ready, you can open your eyes. I kid you not, this is the fourth time I've pulled this on live things like this. <laughs> go. What's the message for you? What does that mean for me? Mm-hmm. Well, one, it's my favorite card visually. So that's why it's so wild to me. Like it's, it's got all these lilies. Oh, that's what it means to me. I have a spiritual sign, which is lilies. And so I keep picking the card that has the lilies. And what's the lily mean? It means that I'm, my baby's coming. It's my sign for another baby. I was going to ask you about that. Wow, Gabby. I know. That's what it is. It's the words are beautiful and they mean a lot to me, but mm-hmm. the lilies, I keep picking the lilies. That's it, babes. Thanks mm-hmm. for asking. And then uh, these were designed with uh, lilies on the back and the whole thing. Beautiful. So you've moved from owls to lilies? They're all part of, you know, different <laughs> things for different times, you know? I love it. I love it. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, I want to anchor into something that I think that's that's coming up for everyone right now. And it's this year that we've been through, this life that we've been through, this year that we've been through. And, and it's like, we're not in the what's next yet. I think that so many of us, we're still living in the question and the pandemic's not over. And it's, I think, just causing a lot of people to you know, kind of ask like, what's like, what's going on and what's my life about, but not necessarily in the highest vibe way, a little bit more coming from a place of constraint or fear or stuckness and frustration. Like people have cabin fever now, like they haven't been like out and they want life to be normal, but it's never going to be normal again. So I think like from a spiritual perspective, how do you want to like address this year? What's going on in the present moment for people? Oh yeah. Well, yeah, it's weird, right? It's really weird. I think that this is the moment for acceptance and surrender. So the way to move through the next six to nine months with even just as much uncertainty as we've had before, an election that's coming up, everything that's happening around us, we have to be in a radical state of acceptance. So if we're going to look at this from a spiritual perspective and not a practical perspective, but even a psychological perspective, because what we resist will persist. So if we keep pushing against this this stream of whatever is going on around us, we are going to continue to deepen and strengthen that resistance within ourselves. So we, we have to, at this stage, get to a place of acceptance of what is and focus on what is working and what is thriving and trust that when we focus on what is thriving in our lives, we actually create more of what we want and be in a greater alignment with 
the surrendered state of acceptance. And so a lot of people are like, screw you, Gabby. I don't want to accept my circumstances. And that's fine. You don't have to. I'm not going to sit here and tell you you have to, but I will tell you it will be much more difficult if you don't. Mm -hmm. We're at a stage now where, and and listen, some people have unacceptable circumstances. So I don't want to diminish, you know, what's going on for certain people. Some people might be in an abusive household or they might be, those are moments when we have to make change. And all of us are in a moment where we have to continue to create change. But if we resist more and more of the the reality that we're currently living, then we're going to really go to a dark place. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's been such a reminder to me about the work that both you and I have been doing for so many years now. And you know, the spiritual is the place of the feminine, and the feminine is so much of a vortex of living in the question. Like the masculine is like getting to the result and knowing the outcome and knowing where we're going and where we're going to live and what the job is going to be. And, you know, I just, I want to support everyone right now. And just with what Gabby just shared, the hardest place to live is in the place of the feminine, which is living in the question. Mm-hmm. And this too shall pass, but we don't want it to pass, pass without receiving the gifts of the moment also. 100%. Since March, I've been saying to my friends, my family, my community, that we have two choices right now. We can move through this with a lot of resistance. We can numb out. We can pick up a drink. We can eat a lot of food. We can go to really negative places, or we can use it as a time to wake up, to Mm -hmm. awaken parts of ourselves that we may have been too busy to notice or address awaken to the parts of our relationships that we have maybe been too busy to even notice or address, awaken to a greater spiritual development because maybe we have more downtime, we're not traveling as much, we're not all over the place, awaken to a greater relationship with our body, our spirit, our connection to others. So anyone that's watching you right now definitely has chosen the latter, has chosen to wake up to the the presence of something greater. You wouldn't be interested in this this audio or this video, if that was the case, wasn't the mm-hmm, case. Mm-hmm. I think that for those of us ambitious women entrepreneurs, it makes mm-hmm. the sound of surrender so much easier mm-hmm. when you when you get to realize that it is about an awakening, and you know that surrender is not passive at all. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah. So. I have had a lot, I have to write a whole book about surrender at some point. Sometimes chapters from my books become books. It's like, it's a joke. Uh, Everything's a book. It's all just too many books in my head. But there's a chapter in my book, The Universe Has Your Back. That's called When You Think You've Surrendered, Surrender More. And I gave a big talk on that chat, that topic. And it became, it became a message that I really could stand behind because I had to, when I was trying to conceive my first child, my son, I, that sounds, that feels good to say, Gina, my first child, (laughs) as I manifest my second, when I was trying to conceive, it it took me three years to conceive my son. And it was the radical practice of surrender that allowed me to really let go to the point of being happy in the moment, even when my son was not in, in my body yet. So really getting to a really good spot through the steps to surrender. And one of those big steps I've actually already mentioned, which is the step of focusing on what's thriving. So we, there's a beautiful passage from A Course in Miracles that the secret to prayer is to forget what you think you need. So when we are so hung up on 
that it has to be now, it has to be this way. We really get in the way of the natural order. We get in the way of what is of the highest good. So when we are in that kind of future tripping or controlling attitude or energy, the greatest way to surrender is to stop praying for an outcome and instead pray for what is of the highest good for all. That for me was major. And then also to focus on what's thriving in your life in the moment, like we said again. So when when I was in that space of I didn't have my son yet, but I had a lot going that was great. So I kept focusing on my relationship. I focused on my health. I focused on my career. I focused on a book I was writing. I kept focusing on the things that made me feel good and it took me out of what I didn't have. So those are all acts of surrender. There's a lot more steps though. Yes, yes, yes. What would you say to the person that's like, I'm afraid to surrender because I think that means I'm letting go of the dream or the desire. So surrender isn't a giving up, it's a giving over. This is definitely a book. I mean, we've got a lot to write here. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I got a surrender book on the way. I would really want to really want to emphasize that when you give up, it means that you walk away, right? When you give over, it means that you recognize that there is a presence beyond your own. You recognize that there is a plan better than your own. You recognize that your will can't force something into form. You recognize that there is an ever-present energy of love and power and magnitude within you, around you, supporting you. And when you give it over to that, then way more than what you could possibly imagine will come into form. And I mean that, and I'm not just saying some spiritual mumbo jumbo. And I see you, my spiritual sister, shaking your head because you know exactly what I'm talking about. This is, yes, exactly. We can just like, I sometimes, it's funny. I sometimes like start preaching in random moments because I haven't been on stage in so long. So I just start like, I was at the pool with my friend and I was, and she was having a hard time. And I started like going, going, going. And then at the end, she was like, wow, thanks so much for that talk. And I was like, thank you so much for being an audience for me. <laughs> so, but you know, just just really grounding ourselves in the magnitude of what is possible when we get out of the way. Mm-hmm. Not up, it's mm-hmm. giving. Yes, yes, yes. The next place that I want to go to with this is I've been so deep in conversations with so many women right now about kind of like they're they're so great at celebrating other people's success and other people's manifestations in any form. And yet, like the thing that I am obsessed with for women right now is getting that we all deserve it all, that that we're so out of the age that someone else is lucky or someone else is more important or like that we, I really want people to understand that everyone's got such an important job. And then I see women like dialing back, holding themselves back, making the success, the money, the careers, the uh, visibility okay for others and somehow not flipping the switch for them to join the party as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's worthiness. If they don't believe they're worthy. And, and how see, do they flip that? I see it too. I see it too. Well, listen, worthiness is a, a big topic that once again could be unpacked in a book and it has in many other forms and other people's authored books. It's such a big topic because it's the value that we place upon ourselves is implemented in our psyche at a very young age. We're between zero and seven. We're deve- our brain is developing. Our belief system about the world is developing. 
our nervous system is developing, the way we respond and react to things is developing. In those really early years, and even even anytime, anything really before the age of 25 when your brain is in development, is going to impact the way you perceive yourself. I've been talking about this and hearing other people speak about this, but some of our biggest wounds happen before the age of seven, and they establish the belief systems that we will have about ourselves for decades to come until we wake up enough to recognize that we can undo those patterns, not just cognitively, but also from a a physiological perspective with certain types of therapies or movement or or dance or so there's a lot of there's a lot of things that we have to do to unpack and unwind those stories those belief systems first and foremost the first thing that someone can do with the belief system of unworthiness is just start to to gently and lovingly pay attention to it and pay attention to when it shows up pay attention to when it it holds you back. Pay attention to when it blocks you. Pay attention to maybe start even to think about, you know, who who is the the person behind what part of me is behind that unworthiness. So I practice a mm-hmm. FS therapy, which is all about that, that we're all multiples and we have many different parts. And the part of us that's the unworthy part often is a little girl or a little if we're talking to girls, you know, it's a little girl. Who is that? Mm-hmm. What does she need right now? And this is something I also think what I'd recommend people really unpack and do some big work on in therapeutic settings because those those feelings of unworthiness will be very stifling. What did you do to get yourself to a place of, I'm assuming here then, feeling so worthy of the larger manifestations? So I think like I said, there's areas of our life where we will be feeling unworthy and areas where we will feel very worthy based on our developmental experiences. So for me, I felt unworthy in some areas, but when it came to the work I wanted to do in the world or the belief system that I could do anything in my Mm -hmm. career, that was an area that was really wide open for me. But the other areas were real shut down, worthiness around certain friendship and relationships and there was some worthy worthiness around even career related about feeling good enough, but in some areas we're blocked and in some areas we're open. So we have to sort of identify, right? Did you have uh, a worthy issue around the whole Oprah thing? No, no. That's why all these things were That's able to- That's what it looked like actually. You know, when I'm like watching it all go down and like, you know, I'm going to share some personal stuff in a minute, but I've always, I've admired many, many, many things about you. But your seeming lack of attachment around career stuff fascinates me. Zero it's, attachment. And I'm, and it, I mean, it's an area that I'm so attached, like that's my work and, and part of my wound. And I'm just like, she's got nothing. Like I could just tell that it, it's how it really felt. And, it's, and you've been such a great inspiration. And so I want to talk more about that, but I was in the, like such a dark time. I think it was, when did uh, Universe Has Your Back come out? 2016, 17, somewhere in there? Yeah. I remember I was in the South of France and it might sound glamorous, but I was just in this really dark time. And like, I was hold, I would get up and read your book every day. Like I, I could like identify that year, like based on what park I was sitting and reading your book. Beautiful. And, <laughs> 
yeah, anyways, so I've been watching that trajectory and part of my own healing has come from watching you be so genuinely surrendered with career. Yeah, and, and, and I can speak to that. Listen, I wasn't always so surrendered. Of course, early in my career, I was attached to like that first book dealer. I was attached to whatever, but it, 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 but it was never going to get in the way. It wasn't an attachment that got in the way of the manifestation and, and it, and it dissipated pretty quickly because I have this mantra that is just, it resonated with me with the moment I saw it. And it's Joan of Arc. And she said, I am not afraid I was born to do this. I have always psychically known that this was the work I was meant to do. At 14 years old, I was leading youth groups in my regional youth groups in my temple. And I was the president of that youth group leading spiritual weekends. Like it was in, it was in me. And one of the areas of my life where I was gifted the, like a freedom of expression was my mom was like a serial entrepreneur and to this day, like is constantly coming up with business ideas and has just such a strong belief system, like she can do anything. And so she, me seeing my mom just like start a business. My mom didn't have the financial abundance mindset that I have, right? So that was something I had to unlearn, a lack mentality of growing up without money and all that. I had to unlearn that to really claim that, yes, I can ha- I can do anything, but I can also be successful and financially abundant doing it. So there's also something too that's important to mention. And it's interesting because I just listened to this very important podcast that I want to plug. Um, Tim Ferriss just did a podcast about being sexually abused as a child. I saw that, yeah. And that's my story too. And it's not a coincidence that a lot of folks there's two directions we can go in when we've had sexual abuse. And I'm going to say sexual abuse, but even just childhood abuse of any form that there's the sort of shut down, like numbed out, depressed, you know, not going to be able to function in the world. Or there's the very hyper aroused, high achieving, like, let me fucking show you who the fuck I am that you can probably see within me and Tim Ferriss, you know, that, that there's quite a few people I've, I've met along the way that are sort of, you know, very bold in their career paths. And some of that is this sort of um, protection mechanism. It is a, let me, I no one else can take care of me. I have to care for myself so I can do it. And I have to prove to myself that I can do it. So there's a lot that's, that goes behind all that. You know, it's not, but, but the other reason I think that, you know, I have, have been f- so free in my career is because I've really, really trusted and known that this psychically was what I was here to do. Amazing. Amazing. And so, I mean, let's talk about your book, Super Attractor here for a minute. I mean, like, well, first of all, what a name. That's just like, who doesn't want to be a super attractor? And I think it's because we all resonate that if we would wake up to our own truth, that we are that. So we need to allow that. But mm-hmm. let's give some people out there, especially people that are thinking that, well, 2021 or in the future when the pandemic is over, then I'll start manifesting again or whatever. Like, what, what are some tips to super attract now? Oh my God, stop focusing on what you lost and what you can't do and start focusing on what you can do, right? So it's, it's just, it's such a major pivot. Um, the whole book is, is Methods for Manifesting a Life Beyond Your Wildest Dreams. But it's really a book on how to be happy. It's really a book on really recognizing that it's good to feel good. 
when we really align with good feeling energy, that's when we become a super attractor. So don't wallow in what's not working. Instead, really become open to creative possibilities. And that's something that we have to decide for. We have to decide that. Okay. So someone's going to open themselves up to what they can do. I love this chapter, do less and attract more. Yeah, nice one. It's That's so for that is like meant for your people. It's meant for you. <laughs> There's my card. You know, when we're so conditioned by the thinking of the world that to have more, attract more, we must do more. So let's unpack this chapter. So this chapter was actually written for my Spirit Junkie Masterclass students. I have these students that are very similar to the people that you serve, which is spiritual entrepreneurs. And I was noticing over and over again that my students were coming in kind of strangling their dreams and doing, doing, doing and manic manifesting. You know, the more I do, the more I can attract, right? Mm -hmm. The more I, more I put, the more I can attract. And in fact, that's quite the opposite because if we push and we control, we are actually in the way of the manifestation. And so this whole chapter was really about releasing the need to control, surrendering and accepting that there is a path and a practice that can really guide you to attract in a way that is going to have the full power of the universe behind you. And there's a method in this chapter called the spiritually aligned action method, which is very relevant to your crowd. Okay. And this is four step method that I really don't do anything in my life without. And when I know that this method is behind my actions, I know that it will be taken care of. I know that it's hooked up. And so the first step is to make sure whatever your desire is, is backed with love and service. And so that's clear in a lot of our work desires, right? If it's something that's like, oh, my desire is to have a baby right now. How is that backed in love and service? Well, obviously it's backed in love. You know, I just want to, you know, how much more love can I feel with another baby in my arms? But the service of that also is just the service is the more joy that comes into my world, the more joy I can give to the world, right? So there's, it's easy to find the service in the, in the desire. So get attuned with the love and service behind your desire. And then the second step is to have faith of any kind. So having a prayer practice, having a faith practice that's, that's a practice of just being in the daily surrender of I turn it over, I turn it over, I'm not going to control it but a faith that there is a presence beyond your own. The third step is to only take action from spiritual alignment. And you know you're in spiritual alignment when you've got one and two, when your desire is backed with service and love and when you're living in faith. So don't take action. That third step, you can't take action unless you're in that third step of spiritual alignment. And then the fourth step is going to piss everybody off. It is patience. It's the most important step. <laughs> patience, but patience, again, in the active sense of mm. like having certainty that it's coming. Like it's not this giving up thing that I think people can associate with patience. Correct. There's certainty that it or something better is coming because it has the faith of the universe behind it. It has the love and service behind it. It's relaxed and patient because there's a sense of knowing that it, it, it is this or something better. It doesn't have to. And, but the, the key to patience is that we want to be able to be patient, trusting that what's coming is of the highest good, that what's coming mm-hmm. 
is, is exactly what we need, that what's coming is going to give us great lessons and great opportunities. And so that's, you know, that's, it's, it's a way of living that's very different than what we've been programmed to believe in. That's so true. I've um, seen so many times when I was attached to the, the particular outcome that in my thinking was the best possible outcome, not leaving the room open for the unlimited nature of the universe to bring so much better, so much more in alignment, so much more joy, so much more pleasure. And so I think that that's just one of the opportunities of the dance here of this moment is like, you know, I think we all had our plans for 2020 and the new decade. And I know I certainly did. My first book came out March 3rd, 2020. And my whole thing waited 20 years to write a book. And and then, but it's, you can't launch that book, by the way. You know, I've been having a, a blast. I mean, you can't write a book called The Audacity to Be Queen, The Unapologetic Art of Dreaming Big and Manifesting Your Most Fabulous Life and get pissed off when your book tour gets canceled. Like, you got to pivot and pivot past. It's like, what I didn't realize the universe was going to give me such a quick opportunity to actually live my work from my book. And it, it, I love an in-person always, always, always. But I've had such a blast in the digital space and it's right, been, yeah. been so much more expansive I have zero complaints and it wasn't what I planned and it wasn't even what I thought I wanted, but I, my business has boomed so much bigger. I've done it with so much less work, so much greater ease, like cool collaborations. Exactly. Exactly. So it's there for all of us. Gabby, it's been so great connecting with you. Tell everyone what you've got coming up next, how they can stay in touch with you, what they must sign up for. What, What do you got going on? A lot going on. If they're watching this before October 2nd or listening to this before October 2nd, I've got a, a total beautiful, amazing hour-long training on purpose and abundance. And it's five-step guide to awakening your purpose and abundance, even in the midst of all this craziness. And really, you know, really recognizing that we can completely have a very radical, abundant experience, much like you were just describing even when the, the shit's hitting the fan around us. So we'll give you that link for the show notes. Mm-hmm. That's happening. And if somebody's watching this later and it's, not, it's there'll be something on that page that will be very helpful. We'll make sure to give something away if that page is, is no longer there. And the book Supertractor is something I definitely would recommend to people. And then I also just came out with an Audible original that's kind of free for people. It's on Audible. And How fun. And what's the name of it? It's called You Are the Guru. And it's sort of like a short, short book, audio. And it's, it's free in that it's, if you're an Audible member, it's in your portal. And if you are just going to try it out, like the 30-day trial, you can listen to my audio for free as well. So there's just nice, abundant ways to receive that. Oh, so beautiful. So beautiful. I have all of Gabby's books. So obviously go get them, get Super Attractor. It's as powerful as they all are. And definitely um, click on the link in the show notes so that you can get registered for this amazing training that she's doing. And Gabby, thank you again. It's been such pearls of wisdom. I encourage everyone take a screenshot of this episode and tag me and Gabby. Let us know what your biggest takeaway was from this amazing conversation. Thanks so much. Oh my goodness. How much did you love, love, love this conversation? Please go ahead and take a screenshot of this episode right now. 
And I want you to tag me on Instagram and share with me what your biggest takeaway was. I love being in conversation with you, hearing from you, DM me. Um, and I really love getting what is the one big takeaway that you got from this episode. Let me know on Instagram. 